0: is The Next Trip Podcast with aviation insiders Doug and Drew. Together with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other avgeeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own.
1: Good day and welcome to Boarding Pass 85 operating on July 11th, 2021. This is Drew and I'm here with my fellow industry insider, Doug. We're two Geeks creating a network for airline, airplane, airport, and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. We actually have someone else, Doug, as you see. I am at the American Express Centurion Lounge in Phoenix and I was just at the Airliners International Convention, which I'll talk about. But, you know, we say, we tell our listeners, it's your show. So we have one of our listeners on. So Ian, who is at the show, who was on the milk run with us is on with us.
2: Welcome Ian. Well, and he came on of his own volition, right? You didn't force him on? It's just last minute, so it's totally impromptu. (laughs) (laughs) No, so
1: hi everyone, I'm Ian. (laughs) And uh, just a little background on Ian. Ian is, uh, would you say, a marketing
0: student at Los Angeles? I go to Cal State Long Beach and I'm currently doing marketing. About a year left and I'll be done. Yeah, and this guy is a whiz at uh, working the frequent
1: flyer programs. He knows more, definitely more than me between you and doug it's going to be a comp- competition like who can work the system <laughs> the better,
2: the better. Oh, I, ian definitely can i mean he's he's got some pretty crazy stories about what he's done and i mean i think he holds elite status with like what four different airlines three maybe two i i don't know three for sure three yeah, for sure yeah i yeah, yeah, see yeah. he doesn't even know <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyway um welcome back doug so i i know you had a bittersweet uh week last week, and it was your last week as a civilian. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was it, and
2: are you ready for the next
1: chapter in your aviation career?
2: It was definitely bittersweet, but yes, I I, I think I texted you, Drew, that it was more sweet than, than bitter. <laughs> um, I fly on an undisclosed airline to an undisclosed location tomorrow, <laughs> which the listeners might be able to figure out eventually, Right. but I uh, officially, I get my line number on Tuesday, but I mean, I kind of look at it like the airline paid for my flight tomorrow. So technically tomorrow is kind of my first day at the new job.
1: And then for our listeners that you haven't listened to us from the start, I work in airline operations and Doug is a pilot and he's moving to basically your dream job, right? Mm -hmm. To a major airline. Yeah, And this is what your plan was. And COVID-19 wasn't even really a roadblock in that (laughs)
2: timeline. Mentally it was for like a, a good nine months, I would say. I mean, you and I talked about the offline and on the show just about like how stressful that time was but i mean i i'm actually starting earlier at this airline than i expected even pre-covid-19 just the way the cards felt it's nuts and you're going to find out your aircraft type and base on monday
1: tuesday on tuesday and you guys this this is how everything happens like the way it's supposed to happen Doug's base may actually be close. The Bay Area,
2: R- relatively close. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So
1: yeah, no, that's really exciting.
2: Yeah, it's nuts. Well, I I know you had a really crazy week at work, which was the same as what we've talked about the last couple of weeks, running yeah. it hard, thunderstorms, etc. But you had a nice Avgeek break, and as the listeners heard, you're sitting at the Centurion. So talk to us about it. Oh my god, this this trip has been so refreshing. I will say it was difficult getting here, so I was going
1: to non rent here but all these flights are full. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kid you not, I had to buy a mile. I had to have Robbie dust off his miles, get a <laughs> mileage ticket. Yeah. And you know, it was 10,000 miles more to fly first class. So how could you not? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I had to fly here in first class from Washington to Phoenix. And I did your recommendation, mm-hmm. which was a 787 from Dulles to SFO. And um, I met Ian at SFO and this was like we checked off all the geek boxes yep
2: okay yeah. well i i've got a question for ian because yeah. yeah. he lives he lives in la so mm-hmm. why were you in san francisco to get to phoenix and and how are you going home today
0: i'm flying home on delta from phoenix to la but coming here i went from la to san francisco to phoenix just to catch up with him and just to oh okay United all right because, yeah. yeah and yeah. then here's
1: here's another um where geeks can't make it in the real world doug <laughs> So do you remember us leaving Las Vegas and we were like not paying attention and we almost missed our flight? Almost missed the flight. Well, I mean, the Uber <laughs> driver didn't really help us, but yeah. Right. So Ian's flight from LA to SPO was late, but I wanted him to come to the Amex club. So I had to meet us there and, and we only had 15 minutes, but yep. let's check that box. Yeah. So he got there, we had a nice breakfast and then we're just talking it up and we're like, nah, we got time. So then we start walking to the gate and we time it to be there right when the final boarding is mm-hmm. and we're like talking it up. And then we're far away from the gate, like we passed it. And it was past the final boarding. And I'm oh, like, oh no. my God, oh my God, this has
0: happened again. We're almost going to miss a flight. <laughs> so we ran and we were, we were still fine. Were, were they paging you? I don't think so. They were like at the stage before that, but we still okay. made it just in time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was that shocked look. It's like, oh, where are you guys?
2: Yeah. Well, it? At, at least you didn't get to the page stage because then you, you really would have been in trouble yeah exactly how drew how are you getting home today so i am
1: at phoenix i am getting home i had to i got a mileage ticket going back too so phoenix to denver so i'll have time to try out this whole thing has been like Amex lounges so i'll have time to try the Amex lounge mm-hmm. the bad thing is my connection time is seven hours oh
2: really yeah because the one on?
1: that's connects you earlier
2: want
1: i'm sorry are you on a red-eye? It's
2: a red-eye, but I'm going to try and get on the earlier one. Okay. The, this leads me into, <laughs> I, I texted you last night and said, remind me to talk about some things that I saw this week in a, an mm-hmm. Amazon show that I was watching. So yeah. this brings up the, the first thing. They were, it, it's the show Bosch on Amazon Prime, if anyone has seen it. It's a detective show, and they were interviewing someone, and they said, "Where was your husband last night? And this is in Los Angeles. And she said, okay. on the red-eye from New York. Oh. What stands out what? as weird? What stands out is weird about that to you? There is no red eye to no the West coast. There's no red town. eye. Yeah. To the West coast. I looked up the actual definition of the re- of a red eye and it says mm-hmm. it's an overnight flight. that lands the next morning. Yeah. So if you leave at like midnight from the East coast, you're yeah. going to get to California like at like three, three in the morning, morning. Yeah, two, three AM yeah. yeah. in the morning. Yeah. 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 There's, th- there's no schedule. That yeah. There's, there's no that. red eye. Yeah. <laughs> so then th- this one is even better. This was on an earlier episode. They said that this individual was flying du- to Dubai nonstop on a JetBlue flight out of LAX. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, JetBlue. Yeah, yeah. Because of culture. Well, maybe I. I don't know. But they said it was on a JetBlue flight out of LAX, nonstop to Dubai. Non-stop, that, I know that's not happening. the Yeah. Yeah. I, that's we've
1: not had happening. this conversation. We've had this conversation about civilians who have told me they're on United. They board the plane and it's A A. It says A A on the side. All the flight attendants are Japanese. And he's telling me, Yeah, I flew United. Yeah. Are you even, you know, minimally aware of what's going on around you?
2: Yeah, do you not see all the Japanese flight attendants and everything in Japanese? Yeah. Yeah. All exactly. right. Be- before we move on to talking about the show, one more shout out that I have: Richard Branson flew into space. Today. Yeah, we were
1: going to mention that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now go ahead.
2: Well, I was just going to say I actually watched part of it live. Uh, the Wall Street Journal was streaming it. It was yeah. it was it was a production. I mean, Virgin Galactic put on this whole narrated production. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was awesome. Yeah. Re- so really this cool is a whole see.
1: billionaires ego trip that's going on as we speak because it's not anything to save society or feed the world. It's all about ego. <laughs> so um, Bezos was supposed to fly on July twentieth with yeah. his um, Blue Origin spacecraft. Yeah. So yeah. Branson went up to him with uh, his V-S, not USS, VSS Unity. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's Branson. So that's going to actually probably be the most luxurious. And it shows them sitting sh- inside. Yeah,
2: I mean, the, these seats are, like, super reclined and big windows yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Well, I- I'll tell you, Elon Musk is going to one-up both of them because he'll, he'll step on Mars here in a couple of years. I guarantee it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean...
1: We'll see. I, I mean, do you really think that there's going to be a huge market, Ian, for, to travel to?
0: No, even I'm not even considering it. <laughs> that, that gives you I, an example of that.
2: I would. If I had the money, I absolutely would. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Drew, nice job making it to Phoenix. Sorry I couldn't join you. This is the season of revenge travel. So you you traveled to the Airliners International Conference, which is the largest airline collectibles event in the country. How was it? And I, I know you had a chance to hear more more stories from Chris Slimmer, who we have on the, the pod a couple of weeks ago. Tell us about it.
1: I'm not that level of Av Geek that's collecting these swizzle sticks and the safety cards and the postcards. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, you know, it it's nice to see that aviation has such a strong following that people are so into it that they will fly from all parts of the country mm-hmm. to go and buy stuff and i didn't know this but ian is actually really into that stuff and you got some pretty cool things there
0: i found some i mean stuff like in magazines that date me yeah just for like the old route the nostalgia. that nostalgia airlines yeah. have yeah exactly like you cannot find these things online. Yeah. And if you do, it's buried in some kind of archive, but to be able to find the actual magazine that they had on board or for example, the actual menu or Medicaid or whatever, that's cool. Well, so he had this booklet, it's like, oh, that's so
1: retro. So it was a um, Aer Lingus guide to visiting Ireland. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is not retro. This is what, th- <laughs> no, this is TWA. Was that, was that, TWA? that was TWA, the TWA. guide to Ireland? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not retro. That was current,
2: you know, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: And then you had he he got uh, a United Airlines flight attendant overview of the flight from Dulles to Narita, and like very detailed information. Yeah, like the, on, the
2: little the little card that they used to write the info on. Man, this is this is oh, a full booklet. Oh, a full book. Oh, yeah, wow. Just for okay. that
1: flight, exactly how the service is supposed to go, the seat map, <clears throat> the way the meal is supposed to be placed out. Yeah. But anyway, so for our listeners, we've been talking about this on a couple episodes. But this thing, so it's a conference, they all get together, they have airline collectible stuff, and um, it's an older crowd. Mm -hmm. So I think with this podcast and just talking to Ian and John Debray, they really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And we talked to Chris about ideas for Chicago to get younger, to get younger Mm -hmm. and a more diverse, you know, to get more, to make it more energized. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And there's a lot of interesting people, lots of stories. Um, how many people were there? What
0: would you, would you estimate? Say? We weren't really there during the daytime throughout the whole session. So we probably saw at least two, 300 people. Okay, two, 300. wow. Yeah.
1: yeah, and there were two rooms. There was a travel agent there that we met at uh, the H Hotel on the roof deck. Okay. He said he recognized us. Interesting. But, you know, it's a good partnership. So we, you know, we are working with them. And one of the people, Todd, Todd, if you're listening, hey, shout out. So he's listening to us now and he found us because um, our logo was on the airline International. Awesome. So it's a really good partnership so i'm hoping that our listeners will go to that and i'm sure and i'm hope that the people that visit those conferences will listen to the next podcast
2: yeah it's uh, next year uh let me pull up my calendar real quick because i already have it on there it's june what is it 21st through 23rd i think yeah, me, something like that yeah I'm, I'm just checking so we get the dates correct here yeah it's yeah, june it's 23rd chicago. 23rd through 25th so thursday through saturday in yeah. chicago at o'hare
1: yeah, and we're already talking about some other event around it. So we did the milk run where we invited our listeners. So, Doug, we'll talk about this, but maybe a seven four seven eight from Frankfurt to Chicago.
2: Oh, yeah. To get to the show. Yeah, <laughs> like go to Frankfurt. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Ian's, yeah. Ian's laughing because... <laughs> right? Real, real Ian quickly, probably has be, enough
1: miles to like cover us all to get there.
2: Before we move on, we have to have Ian explain what he did. Was it on United or a, a Star Alliance kind of joint thing that you did a month ago? Where you went to Japan and Guam just to go to Japan and Guam.
0: I went to Guam and how I did that was I flew all the way from Florida to Chicago to Tokyo and to Guam. And the Chicago to Tokyo segment was on ANA. And, and, and this this was like my first international trip in forever because yeah. COVID has lasted so long.
2: Yeah. Well, and we, we have to explain to the listeners too that Japan is still locked down. And and you were able to do this with Japan locked down because you were a transit passenger, transit passenger. and I was yeah. going
0: from the U.S. to, to the, the U.S. To the U.S. Yeah.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but so this guy has done there's so many like any one of these trips would be a trip of a lifetime for most mm-hmm. people. Can you just tell
0: us the routing that you just did through Dubai to Singapore? And- so I just went from. I gotta think about this. So I because there's so many <laughs> flights. Yeah. I just went from Los Angeles to Houston, Houston to Amsterdam, Amsterdam to Dubai, Dubai to Singapore, Singapore nonstop to JFK, New York.
1: And you didn't spend the night anywhere. Yeah, was I, did,
0: I I spent I spent a night or two in Dubai just to rest a little. Okay. okay. But it was just one continuous round the world trip. During that, these times, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm so he would be on yeah, jealous. I had, I had
1: this horrible week, right? So he's sending me pictures of this beautiful meal on KLM, and I was like <laughs> I hate you. And then like a beautiful meal on Singapore Airlines on the next flight. It's like oh my god, I hate you so much.
2: <laughs> well, Drew, we we've talked about dusting off the Slack channel that our friend Greg set up. We could we could have a channel on there. For the uh-huh. listeners to just post their trips and oh, any any idea. all of our all of our listeners as you're traveling you can just yeah. post the pictures to this and we can all live vicariously through each other
1: yeah what did they say like you know you're at friends when you're stalking each other's flights
2: yeah exactly so <laughs> we, we could have a channel where you could post the flight you're on and that's then that's a could, great idea that was great uh, idea well greg was the one who set up the slack and and we really haven't oh, done slack. anything yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we haven't done anything with that but we could create a channel on there where our listeners can just put the trips and we can all go and live vicariously through them stalk them and uh just see what everyone else is doing
1: yeah that's a great idea
2: yeah all right well it sounds like you guys had a really fun meetup for avgeeks you're lucky wow. to meet some of our listeners john who who was there as well who was on the show a couple of weeks ago drew honestly we have the best wow. listeners and a lot of them are, are becoming really good friends well, I just,
0: I just met John and we had a great time here. It's like they knew each other. Two nights yeah.
2: here. We, we're we creating a network. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you know, shout out to John. We,
1: we had a really good time hanging out with him. I mean, not just the show, but outside we went eat it. We went to dinner, we went out drinking, we walked around. And uh, I think we're going to talk, well, we'll talk about the dust storm in a moment. Though. Yeah. John was even saying like, it's the most fun he's had in a long time. And mm-hmm. he was just, this was the first time he's met us in person. Yeah. Know? Because we share that in common so we can just chill and we have like similar interests and it's relaxing and you don't have to like make up stuff to talk about because I'm interested in what Ian's talking about. We're interested in what John has to say. He So he's like you minus, I don't know, five to ten years mm-hmm. in, in terms of his career. So, you know, he's really excited and he's living vicariously through you. Yeah, And what he told me, and I've already told you this before the listeners and um, John, this was really nice. So. John said, make sure you say congratulations to him and make sure, tell him that um, this is making him happy. Awesome. Right? The fact that you got it. Yeah. So I, I really said, pre- be happy for him.
2: You know? I really, really appreciate that, John. I, mm-hmm. I said you, Drew. I know exactly how John is feeling because I was in his footsteps 10 years ago when I started to see friends get hired at, at airlines. And mm-hmm. for the last decade, I've watched all of my friends ahead of me get hired and so to to be here at this point now is totally a dream come true but I, I understand where john is and john and all any other listeners out there who are just starting in your aviation career stick with it i yeah. guarantee it when you get to the point where i'm at you'll look back and you'll be so happy that you that you did what you did and, and stuck with it
1: yeah exactly i mean
2: you're feeling what i felt in
1: 1999 when i mm-hmm. finally got the job at the carrier that i'm with now yeah and you just have to keep pinching yourself yeah, But, you know, you also have to think it doesn't just happen. We all put in a lot of work and effort to get to it, mm-hmm. right? So you're thinking, oh, my God, this is so great.
2: I can't believe it. But it didn't ha- just happen. A lot of blood, sweat and tears. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. Lot, lots of all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, congratulations. Drew and Ian, it sounds like you guys had a great time with the industry in recovery mode. I'm sure there was a really positive vibe at the show. Speaking of growth, we're waiting on Europe and Asia to join the US in aviation's recovery. It looks like we have some more positive news, Drew.
1: We talked about how great we're doing, and then, but we have to consider that our listeners are all over the world and they're not doing as well as we are, right? But they're starting to, and we forecast this, and here we go, it's happening. So our friends in Europe, this story is from Lufth- uh, Reuters, Lufthansa to reactivate nearly all of their routes by September. That's mm-hmm. just a couple of months ago, away. So, they're talking about a full transatlantic comeback in the next two months, doubling 747 8 flights in July with over 400 flights and over 600 in August. Yeah. And this is, I didn't even realize this. Lufthansa is also expected to fly 10 routes with the 747 mm-hmm. 400. So, there's all these sad, you know, the crying emojis on Twitter because the 747. You
0: guys have another,
1: you know. Yeah. They they're
0: bringing it back. Huh? I didn't know they're bringing the 400 back.
1: Yeah. So 10 of the 400. So they have like 17 uh, or so Dash 8s and 10 Mm -hmm. 400s that they'll bring back. Yeah. Yeah. So they raised a billion euros in a corporate bond sale on Wednesday, bolstering their finances after a state bailout. Um, As you're going to see, that is actually not that much money. (laughs) You'll know when we go to the next story. But Lufthansa is actually, you know, they're seeing people. A modest. Yeah. Modest recovery. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they're seeing more business passenger bookings in Germany and across Europe for September through November.
2: What do you guys think? Business. That's th- to me, that's the big thing th- here. Like it's it's good that they're launching or, or reactivating almost all their routes, but the fact that they're saying they're seeing that business travel recover, that's what the airlines need. That like the we're we're gonna get the second quarter results here this week. Delta reports on uh, what day is it? I think Wednesday uh wednesday or thursday and then yeah. all the other airlines will follow and we'll see they might have been profitable in the second quarter but nothing absolutely nothing like what it was in 2019 and before because yeah. business travel is not back the, the way that it needs to be for these airlines truly to return to profitability and the fact that lufthansa is saying that they, they see this business passenger booking rebound that's what we need in the, in this industry
1: and on the last episode we talked about them bringing the
2: A34600 back mm-hmm. and that is for first class more
1: premium bookings yeah
2: yeah yeah so Ian Ian will be in that cabin not on business it, travel yeah, but <laughs> yeah. using some of his miles yeah. during another crazy round the world trip you you got the next story right? yeah so <laughs> the, the next one is from um uh, I I'm not sure who the uh Oh, this is also from uh, reuters from reuters okay it yeah. says uh analysis cash rich singapore airlines position for regional dominance as rivals pulled back they raised 16 billion dollars and, and that's why drew said that the 1 billion that Lufthansa got pales in comparison they Small raised change. 16 billion dollars since the start of, of the pandemic backed by a state investor this will allow it to continue for two years with no cuts singapore prime minister Lee, uh, can, can you say this Lisa name? Lee Sinlong. Okay. Um, last year, well, said we didn't that he...
1: mention that Ian's from Singapore. Ian, yeah, Ian is yeah, from Singapore. From Singapore. So yeah. Ian is half American, <laughs> citizen, half so yeah. is half American <laughs> citizen, half Singapore. So this is like world traveler
2: right here. Galore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the Singapore prime minister said last year that the government would spare no effort to ensure Singapore made it through the pandemic. Southeast Asian rivals are shedding planes, restructuring their debt. Competitor Thai Airways and also Garuda International have gotten little to no government support. Singapore is investing in modernizing its fleet, bolstering its budget carrier, and adding at least 19 planes to its fleet this year, including 13 wide, wide bodies. Despite little demand, the signals are here, guys. Yeah. They're they're ready for it.
1: So Singapore Airlines is going to be it, it's going to be such a powerhouse because all these airlines are just trying to stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Right. Meanwhile, they're adding planes, continuing to improve their product. Yeah. But one thing, Ian, you know, it's a private company and I say that in air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) So the state investor, Tomasek, that is the state. (laughs) Mm. That is the Singapore government. And they're Mm -hmm. not going to let their their flag carrier fail because Mm -hmm. they bring in so much business to that country. Yeah. So you almost think other countries should do that too.
2: Like Hong Kong with Cathay.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 they should. Yes.
2: Yeah, so you've never flown Singapore Airlines? I haven't, no. I I, I mean it's on my list. Number mm-hmm. one is Newark to Singapore or JFK, yeah. I guess now to Singapore. Yeah, you were saying they might move it to Newark in the their nonstop flight from it might Singapore. Move it,
0: back. it might.
1: And what well, so we do know that Singapore Airlines is adding the A yeah. one stop via Frankfurt. Via to Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's in October.
2: Okay. That's good. Yeah, because that was that was one of those routes that we had talked about that when that comes back, we know that things are starting to normalize, right? Like we, we said, if the Frankfurt JFK Singapore A380 comes back, then we're, we're heading back toward normal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And they're also looking at restarting the one stops to Singapore from the West Coast. They used to have to Tokyo. through Tokyo. Mm-hmm. That one actually just started Oh, it well, did. a couple of weeks oh, awesome. ago. It's running right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So here's a question. So, L.A. to Singapore. Are you doing the non-stop or are you doing the stop in Narita?
2: I'm doing the stop. How come? Two airplanes. Time on the ground. Clubs. Get out of stretch. Actually, it's
0: actually the same airplane going all the way. It's just making a stop in Tokyo. Do you get off? More hours.
2: You get off. Yes. Yeah, so
0: you get lounge access and all that in Japan. Yeah. So. There you go. I would choose the same as you actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we gotta do that nonstop, so just to say that
1: we've on the long, been on the long split. Yeah, of the world. definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, as we're talking about, so airlines are betting the travel is coming back, and that's a great sign. Speaking of good signs, during the conference, uh, when we were out in, uh, it's actually in Tempe, Arizona, the little town where the hotel was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out for drinks, and uh, the place was packed. And school wasn't even in. This is a college town. Mm-hmm. School is not in, but these bars are packed wall to wall. Yeah, we couldn't even hear each other speak. So we went to um, a rooftop bar, we were enjoying drinks and music, and it was beautiful. And we could see the planes lighting into Phoenix. And uh, John was saying, Oh, my God, this is such a great vibe. It was so energetic, the vibe Mm -hmm. to make it even better. Mother Nature provided this light show of lightning. (laughs) And I'm like, I know lightning because I'm from the East coast and thunderstorms, but I don't really think of that in a dry climate. Like to me, it always comes with rain, Mm -hmm. you know, afterwards, but so there's that. And then we get these warnings saying that a dust storm is coming. It's like, (laughs) Oh my God, I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. And I sent you a picture. We see it coming, right? We see that cloud of dust. It's like from a horror movie. It's like from a horror movie. So it comes towards us, and it totally, like, you know, we're wrapped in it, and then we watch it go by, and it wasn't as bad as I expected. I was expecting, like, sand in my eye and stuff. But we had to run for cover. We did, yeah. Yeah. So we ran for cover. Um, The storm swept through. Visibility went from, like, 10 miles to a quarter mile in like 10 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And I uh, got a warning on my phone. Um, this was new to me. So, Doug, let's explain what dust storms are for all the other people that have never heard of it. And you told me that you had an experience with them as a pilot. Mm-hmm. So, what are they?
2: Yeah, this is from the Flight Safety Foundation. The title of the article is Dusty and Gusty, and it just explains the difference between dust storms, or they're called haboobs, which stands for strong wind in Arabic, and sandstorms. So dust storms and sandstorms are two different things. Sandstorms only occur when there's actual sand in the air, and they're usually confined to sandy desert regions. Sand grains are larger and heavier than dust and generally cannot be carried as high into the air. Dust storms comprise smaller soil particles, which can be carried much higher into the atmosphere, sometimes thousands of feet. Dust storms are much more common than sandstorms. They occur in arid regions, but they can also occur in other places and with other soil types, as long as the soil is dry. Drought conditions are often a prerequisite for these types of storms. The Phoenix area usually gets one to three dust storms each summer. There are airplane crashes that have been associated with dust storms, including a Pilatus PC-12, the crash near Delhi in India and Sudan Airways, Airbus, and Cartoon Sudan. D- just because there is a dust storm locally doesn't mean that it can't spread. Uh, was it last summer or two summers ago, Drew? I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of dust on the East Coast from the Sahara that blew across okay. the Atlantic. It wasn't quite as intense as what you guys sent in the pictures, yeah. but I know that the dust spread as far as the Midwest, just based on the wind. The wind patterns.
1: Okay. Yeah. So now is this something that you would see on your radar on the plane?
2: Mm, No, No. these, these are things that come up out of nowhere. And and what I was telling you about my experience, I had just landed, I was in the middle East and we were taxiing in off the runway and we saw this thing blowing in off the desert, just like those pictures that that you had where it's like, you've got clear air and then you literally have a wall of sand coming at you. Think if you guys have seen the movie, the mummy, like the late, 90s early mm-hmm, 2000s yeah. movie it, it felt almost like that it was like, like i said kind of like a horror movie yeah and that the sand blew or the the yeah i guess it was sand a uh, sandstorm because we were in the desert blew in we could not even see the taxi line in front oh, of man. us the visibility was that bad uh, and That lasted for two hours it lasted for a, a good couple of hours yeah we, we ended up shutting shutting down initially we shut down two engines we left number two the the tail engine running and we finally just booted up the apu and shut down number two and we sat there with the apu on for a while uh until the visibility was good enough and it got to the point where we were almost out of crew duty day and we were going to have to shut everything down and get towed in but when we called the tow they said we can't even come out to you because we can't see anything yeah so it was almost at the point where we were just going to have to Shut down the airplane, climb out through the nose, mm-hmm. and then try and walk back or, or something. Like I, I don't know. Luckily, and you were didn't on a taxiway. Mm-hmm. So you just leave the plane there. We just leave the plane there. Yeah, but yeah. L- luckily it we it cleared up enough, and and we had enough duty day to uh, to taxi back. But yeah, it was it was crazy. There was yeah. like people were diverting left and right because of it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nuts. You just mentioned one to three times, like three times during the summer
0: in Phoenix. Yeah. And we have the two days and both days we yeah. witnessed the Oh, Oh, so it happened yeah.
2: last night too. It happened last night too. Wow. And not only
0: that, thunder and rain. Yeah. I mean,
1: lightning and rain. All. Oh, and listen to this, we didn't mention. So John's airport mm-hmm. and John's little flight instruction company, two of their planes flipped over.
2: Yeah, that's right. You texted me that.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. So I hope they're okay. I, you know, I hope they'll be able to fix them or yeah. Them I,
2: I'm, I'm sure the insurance will will take care of it. Hopefully.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we're wrapping up here. Okay, one major thing: Do you realize when we do the next show on Sunday, you will be an, an airline, airline employee. You, you won't be a civilian anymore. I
2: know, <laughs> Drew. I'm. I I have to pinch myself. It just doesn't seem real.
1: Yeah. So on Tuesday, we're going Well, I mean, we kind of keep our our work lives private a little bit we talk mm-hmm. about what we do but we are i am going to have to mention to everyone if it's a 737 or an 8320. i mean that's critical yeah yeah
2: well and that that also doesn't really narrow down the airline that i'm working for either
1: <laughs> no um, it doesn't not at all okay but I, and we've had this conversation before i am shocked that the 737 does not have a tray table that you'll get your meal and it's going to have to sit on your lap
2: yeah well, our, our, uh, we, we've got a class text going with all the people who I'm going through class with, and someone made the comment, like, well, you know, if, if I've never had it, then I won't know what I'm missing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to choose an airplane based on having a tray table or a lot of space.
1: So, okay, so now that we're biased in for one plane or another, but you sent me that chat... What's up with hating the A320? The pilots that fly it actually love it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I don't know at other airlines, but I can tell you at the airline that I'm going to, there's like this internal fake fight between mm-hmm. the the 737 pilots and the Airbus pilots. Okay. I, I bet every airline has has um, friendly rivalries between different fleet types.
1: So I would tell those people that are are hating the a They're not hating it, but they're, no one's only one person who's coming from frontier or something said that, Hey, I'll take the A320. Yeah. Cause, cause it'll be easy,
2: zone. easy training for them. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I will tell you the retiring pilot that we had on the show that we a major it. airline. Mm-hmm. The last airplane he was on was the A320. He loved it and he stayed with it for 15 years until he retired.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've got a, a buddy who flies for a major airline who, um, He's flown both Boeings and Airbuses, and, and he said that he only wants to bid Airbus now. Huh.
0: Wow. So, yeah. Doug, what's your preference?
2: <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm, lean, I'm leaning the 737 only because of the trips that it does, just in talking mm-hmm. with, with pilots at this airline. The 7.3 does more fewer flights a day but longer flights mm-hmm. as opposed to more of the regional type flying like three three to four legs a day shorter legs. I, I'd rather do some longer. Plus uh, I, I mean I'm sure the Airbus is a great airplane to fly but the 7.37 is a lot more like the DC-10 from like an instrument and flying standpoint so than, used to? than the Airbus. It's what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's It's my comfort zone. Yeah. So
1: the next episode is going to be exciting you, Yeah, you're going to be so, you know, you're going to be full of all, everything that you're learning and the destinations and stuff and your base. So that's going to be exciting. So Ian, so this was completely impromptu because I'm here with Ian. It's like, wait a minute, why don't you just join me?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you did. Thanks, Ian.
1: Yeah. But we want to drag you back again. I want to do a whole segment and he can give us tips, give our listeners tips on how to, I don't want to say work, I, but to take the most advantage of mileage programs.
2: Yeah, for so sure. Maximize it, basically. Maximize yeah. It, yeah, 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 definitely.
1: All right. So, Ian, it's fun spending time with you at the show and actually getting to know you and hanging out. Thanks for being on the show. And I hope you come back.
0: Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure.
1: Uh, to our listeners, this podcast is your show. So, go on our website, extrafnetwork.com, and let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it or give us your feedback. You can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Next Trip Podcast. Tell your friends about us so we can reach more
2: people who love aviation and travel. Thanks to all of our listeners for your support and for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay aviation tough.
0: This has been The Next Trip Podcast. Visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes, trip reviews, aviation photos, and other aviation related content. This is your show. So search for The Next Trip on Twitter and let Doug and Drew know what you want to talk about. Not on Twitter? You can also email them at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show.
2: I'm ready for you guys, Sorry, Just jump right in. Yeah, let's jump right in. Okay. All right. Good day and welcome to Boarding Pass 85, operating on July 5th. Nope. Um, It's actually,
1: I I had the name, so
2: I'm, yeah, it's July 11th. 11. But Doug, I made a mistake. I'm the one who's actually. Oh, you're the one? Okay, cool.